G'day everyone and welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host Lyle Swithenbank. This is of course a sportsethos.com presentation. You can follow the show at Ethos Pelicans, E-T-H-O-S Pelicans. And you can follow me at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K, as in bank. You can find the show, well, pretty much everywhere you can get your podcasts, uh, including your Apple device, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, Stitcher, uh, Dash Radio as well, the online radio station, so check all those out. Uh, and as the show continues to grow, we'd love your support by giving us a five-star review on your relevant platform and leave a comment uh, to those that have already done so. Thank you. It really helps us uh, continue to grow the show and uh, we appreciate all the support and the kind words. Uh, so if you can go and do that, we will love you for it. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, a bit has happened in the last week or so, including the NBA draft held on Thursday evening slash Friday morning for me. As you may have seen, I was watching it while on holidays. Uh, we're going to discuss that and also the drop of Zion's second signature show, uh, shoe and my outrage surrounding that. Uh, I'll wrap up with some general off-season notes. So, let's get into it. Firstly, you're probably wondering where I disappeared to for the last couple of weeks. Well... I was on holidays to the east coast of Australia, out of Sydney, uh, on a cruise ship, which uh, it was only the second cruise since the restart. A lovely eight-day jaunt up to Queensland, Cairns, Early Beach, beautiful parts of the world. Uh, so go and, uh, if you want to have a look at that, well, go and Google them. I would recommend both those places. Uh, really, really nice part of Australia and um, good for a holiday, good to get away. Haven't really had one since... Um, well, over east or overseas holidays since uh, the pandemic. So it was nice to go and switch off and have a bit of time just to chill out and relax, have a few cocktails, all that sort of carry on. Bit of razzle dazzle. Uh, I then followed up the cruise uh, by immediately going down south uh, of Western Australia into our wine region to Dunsborough. Uh, and that's where I filmed the video welcoming Dyson Daniels uh, that was in Yelling Up, which is. I don't know, 10 minutes from there, beautiful coastline, um, really, really nice place, uh, drank too much wine, had a great time, and, and now I'm back, and back to everyday life, and uh, therefore right back here with all of you. So that's where I've been, um, and enough of that, but uh, yeah, so apologies for not getting out any of these podcasts sooner, but I just haven't had consistent internet, nor any of my gear, so we're, um, we're back on deck, and We'll start getting these shows back out a bit more regularly, so you can fill your daily commute um, with my dulcet Australian tones. So, anyway, I digress. Back to the important stuff, the NBA draft. Uh, the draft was yet another great spectacle with an upset for pick number one being Pancho Bancaro to the Orlando Magic. Uh, there was a bit of a surprise with that, where there was a lot of uh, rhetoric before uh, the draft that was leaning towards Jalen Smith going there. Uh, he was going to be picked number one, apparently, from all intents and purposes. Vegas changed its odds very late in the piece to Ben Caro, which, I mean, they obviously got tipped off. Uh, he instead fell to pick three with Chet Holmgren going pick two to OKC. It was all very interesting. Uh, however, it was not the other teams that we came here to hear about. Instead, it was the fabled pick eight that we acquired from the Lakers thanks to Anthony Davis whinging his way out of New Orleans. And 
then proceeding to completely underwhelm this seeding, uh, season with his ragtag ball club led by LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Again, thanks to the Lakers for giving us that wealth of assets. And our future is very, very bright thanks to it. So appreciate all of that and cheers to Anthony Davis for leaving. Now, there was a lot of discussions about this eighth pick and does it get used to package up Devontae Graham's contract, perhaps moving back in the draft? If, In fact, if otherwise, if we keep it, who do we take? Uh, the argument for Ben Matherin, Shaden Sharp, or Australia's own Dyson Daniels uh, were the hot picks at that point, particularly given how things were uh, starting to work out with all the uh, rumours and the like. And as we know... That pick played out perfectly. The Pelicans snagged my countrymen with the eighth pick. Uh, I'm honestly stoked with this pick. Dyson, he's a well-presented young man who can, I think, develop into a top-tier point guard in this league. He's got all the tools, and uh, he's a really, really exciting prospect. I'm super excited. To have an Australian on the team uh, is really its a bit of a dream. You, know? you, you talk about this team, and then all of a sudden you've got an Aussie on there. Uh, it's only going to be uh, good for this team to have a guy like that and to be able to get more international eyes on the Pelicans, which there's a few of us, but uh, no doubt with this acquisition, guys will start, or people will start to flock to supporting the Pelicans overseas, and we'll see a lot more Pels jerseys around uh, Australia, no doubt. And, I mean, I base this off we, the fact that we saw this with Ben Simmons. When he was drafted, all of these Aussie supporters who were like, oh, he's pretty good, a uh, good Aussie player who's never played for Australia, but anyway, um, went and supported the 76ers. And so there's a, also a heap of Cavs, Bucks, and Spurs fans down here. And, and purely from Paddy Mills, Della Vadova, Andrew Bogut, guys like that, they those guys led the way. Jazz fans are down here because of Joe Ingles. I honestly think... That, from a publicity standpoint and a supporter and international awareness uh, perspective, this is a really good pick. And beyond his actual contributions to the team, we're going to see lots more Australians who start watching the Pelicans, which will make my um, pub conversations when I start randomly talking to people about the NBA or get asked about it. They'll have a bit more context as to what team I support and why. So I digress. Anyway, we're moving on. Who is Dyson Daniels? Well, he's a 19-year-old, six-foot-eight guard, uh, who can do pretty much everything that we need in a point guard. Great defender. He's athletic, explosive. He can run an offense. Uh, last year, he played for the G League Ignite team. Uh, after turning down offers to go to college, he purportedly had offers to go to Oklahoma, Houston, NC State, Arkansas, Colorado, St. Mary's, a few others, uh, or remain in Australia and play in the NBL as part of the Next Stars program. So that's an uh, incentive that we did. That's what LaMelo Ball came through. Um, we saw Josh Giddy as the next star as well. Um, just to name a few, RJ Barrett, uh, sorry, RJ Hampton was uh, another one, and RJ Barrett. Uh, and instead, he became the first highly rated international player to join the Ignite team. Now, honestly, I think he, be- I think he made the right choice. It was a gamble to go and play in the US instead of being in the comforts of home in Australia. Um, however, for his development, learning the NBA style and working with NBA-level training staff, I think he's going to hold him in good stead going forward. You know, he played in the NBL 1 in Bendigo, where his uh, dad had played, and he'd done that as a, as a youngster, played well. Then, you know, knowing the Aussie style, you go on to the next challenge, which I guess is the US. So good of him to go over there and, and to get accepted into that. 
Uh, in his sole G League season, he averaged 12.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals a game. Uh, and he represented, uh, throughout his career, he's, he has represented Australia as well. Uh, the under-15s, FIBA Oceania Championship, they won gold. Uh, more recently, in the 2021 FIBA Asia Cup qualifiers against New Zealand, uh, Australia won 81 to 52. Dyson scored 23 points, had six steals and four assists. So not only is he performing well at a um, you know team level, he's also performing well in an international level. And if he's, he's doing that on the biggest stages, well, it's only going to bode well for his adaptation to the NBA system where he's got better players around him. Uh, as, as an Australian, look, I might be biased. I really might be. But I think he might be one of the best Australians to come out to the NBA in the last few years. Uh, and honestly, it's, it's amazing to think that we'll have two amazing guards leading our Aussie team into the future being Dyson and Josh Giddy. So, I mean, the future's bright for the Aussie team, uh, especially with some of the other guys getting a bit older. Paddy and Joe and, you know, Bogut's already retired. Um, Bain's being injured, so it's good to see that next crop of stars come through and, and young players, and they'll be able to contribute straight away. So watch this space for the Aussie national team. Now, how does Dyson Daniels fit into the rotation? Well, Dyson can play both guard positions. His length could uh, probably play as a three as well. He fits Willie Green's small ball switching defense, which is excellent. That's what we like. We like defenders. Uh, he's great length, good defensive instincts. He also he said that he's a competitor and he drives himself to be the best. And that, no doubt, will hold him in good stead as he tries to take minutes from established guards in CJ, Jose, Devontae. It's likely that those minutes come from Devontae, who was pretty much removed from the rotation in the playoffs. However, there's a high chance that he has to earn his stripes, much like Trey and Jose, even Jackson had to last year. Look, I think he can break into the rotation, play alongside some of the smaller guards, as well as in a bigger lineup with BI, Trey, JV, etc. And he has the ability to see over defenders and create, as well as lock in on the other end and hold smaller guards accountable. I think that's going to be huge. We're going to have this switching defense, which we saw in some of those small ball lineups. And he can go straight in there. He's got great defensive instincts. Look, I don't think he's a day one starter, to be honest. Like, But perhaps in the future, he could be a starting caliber point guard. And although the current roster construction doesn't really bode well for his prospects, should the starter stay healthy, all in all, I'm very excited to see how he goes this season. Firstly, in Summer League, which starts 7th of July, by the way. So go and check that out. If you're heading out there, go and have fun and let us know how it is. Uh... It'll be great to see these summer pills back in action, to be fair. But again, I digress. Dyson Daniels is a great pick. I'm stoked. Uh, Having an Australian on your favourite team is just, you know, icing on the cake. I'd been rallying for Dyson for a little while and listening to his interviews, you know, learning more about his game and his background. And uh, he was a good... Aussie rules footballer before he decided to pick basketball over the uh, footy. So, you know, um, he's, a, he's a natural athlete and plays hard, defends hard. The big knock on him is that his shooting uh, could be improved, but we have the shot doctor in Fred Vinson there. So it's not going to take long, I think, for him to tweak it a little bit and, and improve. You know, he's trying to get bigger. He's trying to get stronger. He's only 19 years old. There's probably another growth spurt in there. If he's already 6'8", how tall is this kid going to be? Who knows? So I'm looking forward to seeing um, how he develops. Now, he wasn't the only pick that the Pelicans made in this draft. The Pelicans also had arguably the steal of the draft. 
At pick 41, the Pelicans selected EJ Liddell. The Pelicans actually didn't bring him in for a workout. They cancelled it beforehand. I think it was a mutual thing. Because they believed that he wouldn't be available at that point. It was like, well, why would we bring him in if we're not going to be able to get him? Uh, he was mocked by many of the draft experts to go anywhere between 18 and 25, or maybe 30 at the max, and f- to snag him from all reports. The, the Pelicans are ecstatic. To get him at 41's unreal. He seems to be generally, no, genuinely happy to be a Pelican and, and could be another great addition to this team. He's a six foot seven forward from Bellevue, Illinois, who the Pelicans drafted from Ohio State. He has had his fair share of basketball accolades, including third team All American 2022, first All Big Ten Media 2022, two times first team All Big Ten from the coaches 21 22, Big Ten All Defensive Team 22, second team All Big Ten, voted by the media in 21 and two-time Illinois Mr. Basketball 2018-2019. He was a four-star recruit out of high school. So this guy's a jet. Uh, A three-year college player. He returned to Ohio State for his junior season after declaring for the 2021 draft, uh, maintained his um, college eligibility, and decided to go back. Uh, It proved to be a good decision because he went on to average 19.5 points, nearly eight boards, 2.5 assists, and 2.6 blocks a game. In his junior season, I mean, what a weapon. And we're getting him at pick 41. I, I don't know, but pretty happy with that. Um, look, I tell you what, watching EJ play, it may be tough to keep him off this roster. He's an absolute weapon, strong. Uh, he's a great defender, can score it, good touch inside, inside and out. And uh, more importantly, plays really hard. He's really athletic, doesn't mind scoring off the bounce. And, you know, he can shoot the ball a bit. He can shoot threes. He's an exciting player, and no doubt we're going to see him suit up in summer league. And you know we're probably going to see him on this roster. Is he another Naji or Jose or Herb Jones? Well, perhaps. Uh, which is really exciting to see that they've uncovered another, um, managed to snag another great player in the second round. Uh, in addition, the Pelicans drafted Carlo Matkovic out of Mega Mozart in. Europe at pick 52. I think it's a Serbian team. He is a six foot ten forward who can do a bit of everything. Uh, he's showing good shooting touch, can pass, and fits our system in terms of spacing. Uh, he can also play as a rim runner, which he did a lot this year. Uh, his downside is, is that he needs to put a bit more muscle on, get stronger, and improve his shooting. Uh, Carlo will play for the Summer Pels uh, and then return to Europe to get better before he comes stateside in the future. This is similar to like what the Pelicans did with Didi Lozada, who they sent to the NBL in Australia to improve before being brought out after three years. Uh, it may be that he comes to stateside sooner. Uh, as we're told, he continues to develop and work on his game and continue to improve. We saw some highlights of him doing some nice lob dunks, and he's pretty athletic. Uh, look, I don't mind this move to stash him in the interim as the Pelicans they already have some roster space issues. And we're going to discuss that coming up after the break. So stay tuned. We've got a lot to talk about after the break. And uh, I'll check to you after this. Messages. So welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Before the break, we discussed the three draft prospects that the Pelicans snagged. Namely, my fellow Australian Dyson Daniels. The steal of the draft, EJ Liddell from Ohio State and Carlo Matkovic from Serbia. We've already been made aware that Carlo will head overseas, but 
that still leaves two rookies looking to join the Pelicans roster. Now, that wouldn't be an issue, but the Pelicans have a tiny problem. We don't have two spare roster spots. Currently, there's only one free spot should the Pelicans let Tony Snell walk in free agency, and this seems to be a foregone conclusion that that spot is reserved for Dyson Daniels, the first-round pick, pick eight. Well, you'd think so. Why would you do it otherwise? Um, so what does that mean for EJ? Well, it leaves the spot as a two-way player unless some of the existing players are moved. So what are we hearing? Well, it seems apparent that there is a way to get the extra roster spot. However, it will need to be via trade. The most likely candidates would be Garrett Temple, Devontae Graham, perhaps Jackson Hayes. Uh, G Temp fell out of the rotation, yet played a vital part as a leader in the locker room. His sign-and-trade deal has two years left to run, including this coming season. However, his third year is completely unguaranteed, so it's essentially a $5 million expiring deal. A team might jump at that. If they're looking to have cap space next season, uh, rumours, of course, um, also continue to circle Devontae Graham. He signed a four-year deal last year in the sign-and-trade from Charlotte and has three years left to run. Again, the final year of this deal is non-guaranteed. It's about $12 million a year and change. Um, And despite winning two games off his own shot last year, he found himself having an up-and-down season with him almost falling completely out of the rotation in the playoffs. Look, it's it's a tricky situation because with the addition of CJ and the development of Jose, Devontae finds himself as the third small guard on a roster that is priding itself on having a heap of long switchable wings. We found during the season, look, when we we, we watched this, we, we found during the season that the opponents would feast against lineups that had two of the small guards together. And honestly, I, I like Devontae as a player. I like him as a person. And when he's on, he's on. He's won games himself. We've seen it. He won two games off his own hand. However, I felt like he was brought in to do one job as a catch-and-shoot player along Zion, perhaps not ball-handling quite as much, and had to adapt to a different role with that uh, more point guard duties when Zion was not there. Look, if he isn't moved, it will be interesting to see whether that role shifts back to a catch-and-shoot gunner off the bench rather than having to initiate the second team's offense. Well, I mean, earlier on it was the first team's offense, so we'll see what happens there. The third piece of the puzzle that could be moved is Jackson Hayes. He's due for his rookie extension, same draft class as Zion, uh, and he could seek to command a sizable pay packet. Now, this is a tricky situation as we saw Jacks take a step in the right direction during the second half of the regular season at the four spot. However, with the return of Zion and addition of Larry Nance, does that make him expendable? Well, we saw his minutes evaporate and in the playoffs, um, while he helped in parts, the consistency wasn't there. And in year three, it makes it tough. You know, he's probably going to seek to command anything between 15 to $20 million a year, which I don't know if the Pelicans are prepared to offer that or match should a team come calling with an offer sheet like that next year. Uh, I think it may even be likely, and I, I think it probably is very likely thinking about it, that the Pelicans and Jackson just go to free agency, restricted free agency next year, and see what shakes out. Uh, no doubt his skill set's intriguing, but year four, should he not be moved, will be an interesting year for Jax. He's, he's going to have to bet on himself. Because uh, they're not going to want to give him the $20 million a year that Lonzo Ball ended up getting. Uh, particularly for a guy that's going to be sitting buried in the depth chart, um, potentially going forward in the second, uh, in his, well, on his second big contract. You know, his first, um, his first payday. It's a lot to pay a bench player, particularly when you're close to the cap as it is. Um, 
it'll be interesting. There's also arguments that he gets traded and let someone else pay him. You know, he's had his off-season issues and they hopefully will be resolved uh, now that the uh, they're out of the court and all of that's been decided. Don't need to go too much into that unless um, we want to unpack it, which I can do from a legal standpoint, but we'll see whether or not I feel that way inclined. Um, so we're going to see what happens. You know, that again comes down to how EJ performs in summer league, how he performs in training camp. And at the moment, there needs to be a spot made available for him. At, at July 1, there's going to be one too many players on the team. Uh, and whether that's EJ that loses out or whether that's another player that's moved, well, we're going to find out. So watch this space. Um, it's an exciting problem to have, let's be honest. If he's retained on a two-way deal, EJ that is, there'll still be competition for spots, um, but it's a bit of a watch this space type situation. So we look forward to seeing what comes uh, from all of this and what happens in the coming months. It's going to be exciting uh, to see how it all plays out. So before we wrap up, as I said at the start, we're going to talk about other Pelicans news. Um, uh, the Pelicans announced they signed Dayron Sebron to a two-year, uh, two-year-way deal. Pardon me, out of NC State. Uh, John Petty was signed to an Exhibit Ten deal to play on the Summer Pels after playing for the Squadron last year. We've we've had him, um, you know, that Alabama connection uh, for a while. So good to see him uh, retained, and he'll play for the Summer Pels again. Uh, Zion held a summer camp at the local YMCA club in New Orleans, which was very well attended. He also looks shredded, by the way. Uh, So good luck to everyone else. Looking forward to seeing uh, the storylines come out of that when he's averaging 27 and 10 next year. Um, And don't worry, we keep receipts. Uh, He also dropped his second iteration of his signature shoe, which I said at the start, the Outrage. uh, The Zion 2 in two colorways, which are now available to purchase. If... And only if you have small feet. I am unable to get a pair of size 13s in Australia. Uh, I don't know why we were able to do that on everything else. But uh, every other shoe that has ever been made that they made a size 13. But size 12 is all they're making at the moment. So um, I'm not going to try to squeeze into them. They can make the shoes bigger. Sorry that your machines only make shoes for ants. They need to be 10 times the size of this. Um, So anyway. Bizarre, we'll work that out. I'll continue to hassle them on Twitter. So what else has been happening around the league? Well, we know the Warriors won the championship, defending, uh, defeating the Celtics in six games. Steph Curry with finals MVP, dominant throughout the season and series. Uh, he was uh, he was the difference maker, of course. Uh, very, very good player. And his first finals MVP uh, of his four championships. So good on him. Congratulations. Good luck to the Celtics next year. Uh, they're going to have to do some soul-searching and work out uh, what they're going to do because they were very good. But a few little tweaks, turnovers cost them, uh, hero ball cost them, and uh, no doubt another year under the belt. It's hard to get there, but uh, if you can do it consistently, well, all power to you. Uh, The controversy surrounding the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie weighing up his $37 million player option was circulating, they're like, he could opt out and, you know, $6 million to the Lakers, he's going to do it, and then opted in to his $37 million this morning, uh, and is, you know, he's going to give another crack at a playoff run with KD and hopefully a healthy Ben Simmons. Uh, the Nets are going to have to work out what they want to do um, this offseason and, you know, actually have an offense put in and a defense and have a coach that wants to actually make plays and that will get listened to by his players. We'll see what happens 
But um, it's all very interesting over there, and I'm glad they're not our side. Uh, who else have we seen? John Collins has been shopped. Uh, no landing spot as of yet. Potentially a trade um, could be unfolding, but no one really knows. And uh, all rumblings at this point. I know they want to get off his contract. Uh, apparently, DeJounte Murray from the Spurs is available. 25-year-old point guard. He was an all-star this year. Um, not sure what they're doing. Keen on Primo, I guess, and Vassell. Uh, they must have their eyes uh, on next year's draft, where they've got some very exciting prospects coming. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, DeJounte is available for apparently a Drew Holiday-type uh, deal. Maybe three first-rounders is what they're talking. I don't know if that's gettable. People say... I been listening to all the chatter and they're saying the Pels should go and get him well I don't know if he's there well he's a good player so perhaps he's also Brandon Ingram's good friend I don't know what they want to do but uh, if we can get him you always need better players it just depends what the cost is anyway I think I'm going to leave it at that Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the offseason continues to unfold we will be back more often now be putting the pods together we'll try to get some guests on to discuss everything uh we love guests as of course um so i've probably rattled on long enough i'm gonna leave it at that this has been the sports ethos new orleans pelicans podcast i am your host lyle swithenbank at ethos pelicans on twitter at lyle swithenbank stay safe look after yourself and uh Bye for now. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.